millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to episode number 18 of the Scottish History Podcast. My name is Owen Innes and this week we're going to be talking about kilts and tartans uh, within Scotland. Uh, Just before we get into the podcast, I just want to apologise. It's been almost a month since I last did a podcast uh, through no particular reason, unfortunately. Just a a lot going on and... um, yeah, yeah, but uh, the the promising thing is I'm back, and uh, hopefully we're going to get on to uh, one podcast a week again, uh, moving forward. Uh, the second thing to mention is, of course, to those of you who may be joining us for the first time, if you're joining the podcast for the first time, I do recommend that you go back to the beginning and listen through, not necessarily in chronological order, as with all of this, I'm not going through history in chronological order, but if you are new to it, go back to the beginning and start from there, folks, okay? And this, you can happily start with this podcast, but then go back to previous episodes. I do um, recommend doing so. So this week, kilts and tartan. The first question that I usually get asked is, why is a kilt called a kilt? And uh, up until I started doing proper research upon it, the answer that you'd be given would be, because the last person to call it a skirt got kilt. Um, Which is of course really just a joke but uh, I remember going into a kilt makers getting fitted up for a wedding uh, in the past and asking the kilt makers there you know why is a kilt called a kilt and that was the answer that I was given so it'll tend to be the answer that you will hear but uh, today hopefully you'll uh, find out the real reason why. So the first recorded kilt uh, in terms of the Scottish kilt, realistically, was in the 16th century and it was called the Great Kilt. This was a garment that wraps around the waist and was long enough that the top half could also be used as a coat. So you're looking at the the very grand versions of the kilt, you know, the ones with the the big shawl that comes up and over the shoulder. 
in the 18th century, the small kilt, better now known as the modern kilt, became popular. Uh, that is basically just the bottom half. So that's the kilt that you would usually see people wearing today. The name kilt has throughout the course of history been subject of much debate, but kilt is an old Scots word uh, which means to tuck clothes around the body and derives from the Old Norse word. Uh, now I apologise if I'm incorrectly pronouncing this, but I believe it would be kilta. Uh, K-J-A-L-T-A, uh, so kiltja, meaning to lap or to fold a skirt. The kilt is likely to have evolved from a woolen cloak called a brat that may have been plain or, if the wearer was wealthy, might have had a tartan-style design. During the course of the 16th century, these cloaks had grown to a length of around seven yards long. So, the the whole kilt would be completely unravelled. It would be around seven yards in length. And it had to be secured with a belt leading uh, to belt loops being incorporated into the kilts by the 18th century. So nowadays, whenever you get a kilt, regardless of what type of kilt you end up with, be it a great kilt or a more modern kilt or a small kilt, you're going to end up with, there's going to be belt loops um, around the waist to hold it up, really. The last thing that you want for to happen is a, is a kilt to fall down. So with the great kilt, the extra fabric, uh, as I mentioned before, could be brought up and over the shoulder and then could be used as a hood during the inevitable Scottish downpour or as a camping pillow and or blanket if forced to sleep out in the elements. So essentially it could be pulled up over your uh, head as a hood keeping you or keeping your hair nice and dry, keeping your face, keeping the rain, the snow etc off of your face. But also if you ended up having to sleep out, camp out in the woods, you could just bunch it up into a ball, put your head on it and fall asleep against the tree. Uh, so I regularly do get asked about the point or the necessity of a kilt. What was the what was the whole idea behind the kilts being invented, so to speak? Uh, so a description that I found from 1746 stated that men could make quick marches to bear out against inclement weather, to wade through rivers, and to take shelter in huts, woods, and rocks. So if you think about that, the lowlanders, so of course kilts and the highland, is, is referred to as highland dress. So the lowlanders, so the, the folk living down sort of in Edinburgh, Glasgow, that sort of area, uh, wouldn't be wearing kilts as such. They would be wearing trousers made from wool. When trousers get wet, especially if you're being running through a puddle or through a field in the bottoms, you know, around the cuffs, around the bottoms of your uh, trousers, when they start to get wet, they get heavy. When they get heavy, they pull down. The kilt being only knee-high and held by this time by belts would eradicate that particular problem. However, contrary to belief, the kilt was generally removed before battling and the Highland Charge was conducted wearing only a shirt that was made from leather, linen or canvas that itself was knee length. So, contrary to the popular belief, again, we're talking about movies, we're talking about TV here. Um, of course, more likely referring to, you know, Braveheart, 
Outlander, etc. Um, so the Highlanders would not really be wearing their kilts during battle. They would just be wearing this shirt um, and pretty much only that shirt. Um, you would not find anything covering the interesting parts. So the, the small kilt that you're likely to see today, um, its real name was the Philip bag, which again basically just means small small kilt. Uh, so the small kilt, filler bag, or walking kilt were, was invented in the 1720s. Uh, this was due to the British government exploitation of the Scottish Highlands after the Jacobite Rebellion of 1715. This was where Highlanders were brought to work, making charcoal and smelting iron ore. The great kilts that the Highlanders were wearing at the time were found to be a little too cumbersome in order to perform these particular duties, so the kilt was tailored to contain only the lower half of the great kilt, and this also came pre-pleated, which wasn't the case of previous kilts. So when you look at a kilt on the back side, uh, so we're on the rear end of the kilt. It is pleated. It's got a really nice, intricate pleated pattern on the back, uh, which does not continue all the way around to the front. Um, so at this point, when the small kilt was made or the filler bag was tailored in this way, all kilts were now pre-pleated. Uh, before then, the kilts would essentially just be folded and pressed essentially, and not necessarily with an iron, but they would be pressed to have these pleats. So the pleats were now sewn in. Now, as I mentioned in a previous episode after the events of 1746, of course, the Battle of Culloden, etc., and the final Jacobite Rebellion, King George II introduced the Dress Act, uh, in 1746, which outlawed all items of Highland dress with the intent of suppressing the Highland culture. So kilts, filler bags, great kilts, etc. This was part of the Highlands culture. You couldn't go into the Highlands without seeing people wearing these items of clothing or carrying um, a ski and do, for example. A ski and do is a knife that would generally be kept in the uh, in the in the sock. Nowadays you can't buy proper ski and do, well you probably can on eBay, but uh, nowadays if you go to a proper um, kilt makers, you can't buy a proper ski and do anymore because unfortunately of Scotland's uh, reputation with knife crime. So the ski and do's have been essentially um, made out of plastic for the last maybe 15-20 years or so. Um, I think I've only ever had a ski and do once uh, in my life, a proper one, once in uh, in my life. So, so yeah, the dress act. So essentially, um, the, the the kilts were banned. You couldn't uh, you couldn't wear a kilt. You couldn't speak Gaelic. Um, you couldn't hold clan meetings, etc. Um, during this act of proscription and during the dress act. Uh, so the penalties for disobeying uh, were for so essentially for wearing your kilt for disobeying this Dress Act of 1746. On the first offence, you would face seven, sorry, six months imprisonment. So you'd be sent to prison for six months. Um, now that's not necessarily you would face it, you would, you would go to prison for six months. On your second offence, 
it was seven years transportation. So basically seven years spent out on the colonies. So this act remained in place for 35 years. So the Dress Act, 35 years of not being able to wear your kilt, being able to wear your Highland dress. The only exception to be able to wear your kilt was if you were part of a British forces regiment from the Highlands. So the Black Watch, for example, is a Scottish Highland uh, military regiment. They were allowed to continue to wear their kilts. Um, It wasn't necessarily in the famous Black Watch tartan that you will see today. um, Because as you're about to find out, the tartans didn't really come into things until a lot later. So during this time, people on the Isle of Seal... For example, on the west coast of Scotland, uh, I plan on posting a picture uh, taken from the Isle of Seal about some of the things that I'm about to talk about just now. Um, I know I have my own pictures, but I may have to use, uh, credited of course, I may have to use someone else's images uh, to show you what I'm talking about here. Uh, But there's a, a little island just off the west coast of Scotland, and I mean, it's you could throw a stone over um, from the mainland across to the island is is that close but the island is called the Isle of Seal uh, S-E-I-L if you want to have a little look up on it Uh, perhaps if in the future you visit Scotland it is a nice little spot to visit especially if you're heading towards the Oban area Uh, So the people on the Isle of Seal would continue to wear their kilts around the island, but if they had to visit the mainland, they would visit uh, something called the Tinatru. So the Tinatrus, or the House of Trousers, is what that translates to, is now it's a pub uh, right on the the edge between the island and the, and the mainland, the closest point to the mainland. So the Tina True, you would go in there wearing your kilt, pair of trousers, on in the house of trousers. You would then go to the mainland, conduct your business on the mainland, come back across, back into the Tina True, take your trousers off, put your kilt back on, and away you go. So the Isle of Seal um, has been connected to the mainland by a bridge, Uh, since 1793 and uh, I must admit the bridge looks in very very good condition uh, for how old that that, uh, is. Uh, The bridge itself is called the Clachan Bridge. Uh, Again it was completed in 1793. It spans over part of the Atlantic Ocean and it is referred to now as the Bridge Over the Atlantic. So, as far as I know, it is the only bridge that crosses over the Atlantic Ocean. If not the only one, it was certainly the first bridge to be built across the Atlantic. In 1822, King George IV visited Scotland and he loved a kilt. He regularly wore his with bright pink hose or tights. Uh, But during this time, uh, the popularity of the kilts became wide throughout the whole country of Scotland. It was at this time that tartans started to become identifiers of clans uh, as tartans became individual designs, which had not been the case before. So tartan, if you're not familiar, is a checkered pattern made usually from two or more different colours, almost always in squares. 
Tartan is often mistakenly referred to as plaid or plaid, especially in North America. Plaid or plaid is is either a tartan cloth or a blanket, but not what you would refer to as a kilt. So you do not wear, you can wear a plaid shirt because it is a shirt made from a cloth or a blanket. But kilts themselves are not called plaids, plaids or plaid in them uh, individually. Now, it was around the middle of the 18th century, so, so sort of before the middle of the 18th century, tartans changed from being regionally specific to clan specific. Previously, the weavers would weave to their preferences and what dyed wools were available at that time. A lot of uh, the kilts would have been quite dark colours, colours that were easy, so you get some wool and you can dye it dark colours. The intricate reds and yellows, blues, greens, etc., these did not come in until it until a lot later when it was certainly more affordable to be able to buy or dye wool in intricate colours. So from the middle of the 18th century onwards, many new patterns of tartans were created and then artificially connected to clans. The Victorians' love of taxology and the development of artificial dyes meant that new colourful designs could be created and applied to a full nostalgic view of Scottish history. There are records of tartan patterns from 8 BC and one example found on the 3,000-year-old on Churchin Man, uh, which is a mummy near Xinjiang in China. The first example of tartan to be found in Scotland does date back to around the 3rd century and it was found near the Antonine Wall at Falkirk and is referred to as the Falkirk Tartan. So as you can imagine, new tartans are being created all the time and are linked to everything, including even football teams these days. Some believe that you can only wear your family's tartan and that some are off limits, for example, the royal family tartans, which is simply, in my view, untrue. Tartan is a pattern, it's various different patterns, it's, there's no law around which tartan you can wear. You can wear whatever or possess whatever type of tartan you like. On a personal note, I love wearing a kilt, and uh, only reg and sorry, I would I would regularly do so whilst I was touring. So when I was out on tour, I tended to wear um, a kilt because why not? It looks good, and you know, sometimes you get a wee tip for uh, for wearing one. Um, so I would regularly wear one on tour, but aside from that, um, weddings uh, or a very formal occasion. I think, uh, I, so aside from a wedding, I've only ever worn a kilt twice. Um, so always at a wedding, but two separate occasions where I didn't wear a kilt at a wedding. And, and, and obviously, aside from the example of uh, at work, uh, the first of those was uh, my good friend Gary, um, who I used to work with and actually still do work with uh, now in the job that I have. Um, he was nominated for a, an award at the um, Scottish Tour Guides Awards and, uh, and he asked me to go along with him. 
So I wore my kilt that night. I was dressed up in all the garb. Um, And the only other time aside from that was Halloween. I went to a fancy dress party as a certain Scottish character from a movie called Austin Powers. And I think it's uh, from the second film. Um, I would mention his name. I enjoy a good swear word, but I think I'll try and keep this one clean. Um, Let's say Rotund Man. Rotund, not very nice man uh, would probably be the the, the strange giveaway. Um, So aside from that, that's the only other times I've ever worn a kilt. Um, Other than that. um, So the kilts I used to wear for work were, however, a little unorthodox. I used to have people asking me about them all the time um, because they were not normal kilts that you would see in sort of everyday life. Uh, mine are regarded as very modern, so not just a modern kilt, you could add very modern uh, onto the front of it, because mine have pockets, um, either sewn on the side, and in one of them, I think there is even a back pocket, um, which is sewn into the kilt, which is great. These are referred to as utility kilts uh, and are very handy if you're like me, carry a lot of stuff around with you. Very deep pockets, they are waterproof pockets as well for carrying your phone, wallet, keys, uh, etc. Always handy for that. Aside from that, they're also quite cheap. The kilts I was buying were usually sort of round about, I think, between 50 and £80 pounds, uh, for those ones. Again, they're all synthetic, um, but machine washable. You can wash them at home. You don't need to take them to our dry cleaners. They don't smell um, as bad as a woolen kilt will um, after being out in the pouring rain in uh, on the Isle of Skye, for example, for nine hours a day. Um, they're really, really good, very comfy, nice and warm, and as I said, in in respect as well, waterproof. Um, so if you're looking at maybe seeing what a kilt would look like and you don't want to spend 100 200 300 I think um, a kilt in the Innes Tartan, when I was looking it up, would cost me anywhere around about £3,500. So, yeah... £50. Always a good idea. Um, So, one sort of last thing to talk about in terms of, that I find anyway, integral to kilt wearing is a sporran. To me, you can't wear a kilt without wearing a sporran. It looks too bland, it looks too plain. You look almost naked bag, which is uh, chained or, uh, so it's either a chain um, or a leather strap uh, which uh, goes round your waist. Fit it through the belt, the belt loops, as mentioned before. Obviously, you've got to wear a nice belt with a uh, with a kilt as well. But you can wear like I did a Levi's belt, you know, with your uh, with your kilt. But um, you know, got to wear a sparring. Um, so that's you would. Uh, so that basically is it's a handbag. That would sit around your waist and conveniently placed above the groin area as well. Um, never fun really to uh, run very fast. Uh, certainly if you're a male wearing uh, wearing a sporran. Uh, certainly not with lots of stuff inside it. 
Um, there are even different types of sporins ranging in size and ornamentation. Uh, day sporins, uh, they're the ones that I have. And basically they're just small. They've got little ornamentation tassels on the front. But then you get up to a, f a full mask or a horsehair sporin, which are quite large with extreme decoration with anything up to, I think, about 12 tassels hanging from them. Um, and traditionally, you would keep your daily porridge ration. Um, certainly, if you were in our, an army regiment, so your daily porridge ration would be held inside of the sporin uh, that was usually made from leather and probably decorated with horse hair, uh, or mine is full badger hair, I think. Um, so, uh, yeah, everything nowadays, it's all it's all fake materials, of course, you know. Uh, you probably can find um, more authentic ones, uh, but nowadays we're all quite happy to have the synthetic materials because they look good and we know that everything's going to be okay with the animals as well so so there we go folks uh, just a sort of a little insight um something that i've not uh, noted down to obviously mention but you know the full uh, the full sort of kilt garb the 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 formal kilt garb anyway you know you've got your jacket as well i think the more kind of famous one is the prince charlie jacket of course named after uh, bonnie prince charlie which is um you know, got a long tail in the back, but it's quite a short suit jacket in a way, uh, or dress jacket. Uh, underneath any type of shirt, the idea that uh, Jacobites or that uh, these uh, ghillie shirts, as they're called, which is basically a shirt with the with the strings, um, those again not really authentic. They're much more of a new um, a new thing. But any type of shirt is perfectly fine. A normal one from. Marks and Spencers or Walmart or whatever, just a normal everyday um, dress shirt that you would wear to the office um, is usually there. Uh, of course, a nice tie or bow tie. Um, I have um, with my granddad's kilt, so I inherited my granddad's old kilt, and the tie is it matches the kilt itself, so I've got a matching um, tartan tie. Um, I tend to go with a different tie, um, mainly because I don't like tartan ties, but also because it's made from wool and it's rather itchy. Um, so I'm not a big fan of the tie, but there you go. Um, on the kilt itself, uh, you'll of course have a nice thick belt with uh, probably a very ornamentated uh, or um, etched belt buckle. And then of course you've got your sporin. Another important part is, of course, your kilt pin, which holds the front fabric, because obviously it wraps around you. You've got the part of the front fabric, and then there's going to be another layer of wool underneath. You want to pin those two together to stop it from blowing around and revealing the last secret of uh, Scotland. Uh, what does a man wear under his kilt? Uh, under that then you've got your, your hose or your socks, uh, your kilt hose um, and you can wear flashes with these. So flashes are essentially little pieces of fabric that, uh, so you've got your, your socks that, and they will fold over so the top part will fold over. 
so underneath you um, attach uh, flashes to these, so it's little pieces of fabric that hang underneath the folded over part of your sock. It looks really smart, um, really, really smart. I uh, managed to score a couple of pairs for free um, from a wonderful place uh, called Kilmahog. So they, they gave me them for free, which was awesome. Um, and it matched a black watch tartan kilt that I have. And then the shoes, the dreaded kilt shoes. There is nothing worse in this entire world than wearing a pair of kilt shoes. They are the most annoying pair of shoes that you will ever wear in your life. Uh, I'm not a big fan of formal shoes as it is, but they are formal shoes that have no tongue on them. So you don't get a snug fit around your foot and especially over the top of your foot. So you're constantly sliding in and out of them. Added to the fact that you're wearing woolen socks with formal shoes as well. Your feet are slipping around all over the place on the inside of them. And then you've got to tie the laces up your shins and around your calves and tie it too tight and you end up losing pretty much all feeling in your feet. Uh, tie it too loose and the whole thing just flops around and you've got to tie your shoelaces a million times a day. So preferably I just like to wear a pair of trainers um, but you know the kilt shoes they've kind of got to go. So for the pictures you'll always find a group of men helping each other even uh, tying their own shoelaces and tying each other's shoelaces I should have said before pictures at weddings are taken so that of course their laces look good um, but then after that you kind of just want to put on a nice pair of sketchers really there's probably a couple of things that I've left out there but I will uh, get back to them I will go back over them if the request comes in of course if you have any questions please feel free to send them via the facebook page via twitter instagram or by the email address the email address is scotthistorypod at gmail.com um, so a few things just before we wrap this episode up i just wanted to um sort of make make some folk aware i'm not in any way being sponsored and this is technically an advertisement but i'm not being paid for it or anything like that um i like to pass on information and especially about good companies that are that are good people as well uh, i recently uh, discovered a coffee company called beanies uh, so like coffee beans um so b-e-a-n-i-e-s uh, so beanies they're coffee is fantastic it's basically flavored coffee um but um it's freeze-dried you know so it's instant coffee and i think it's absolutely fantastic uh it's been keeping me awake throughout the recording of this podcast and through the writing of uh, the episodes that are coming up and of course before i head out to work as well um very very nice coffee i really really dig the sticky toffee pudding flavored one at the moment a couple of sugars in that and uh, you're away flying and the main reason why I think that they are really good at what they do as well as not just do they make some really really nice coffee but also when my order arrived from them um, two of my jars so I got a, an offer I think £16.50 I got six jars of coffee and a travel mug so when it arrived, two of the jars had been smashed by the Royal Mail, of course, and my travel mug was missing. Um, 
hello to the postman who's probably drinking my uh, or drinking coffee through my um, coffee mug. So I immediately got in touch with them when that arrived. I got in touch with them about two o'clock on a I think it was the Wednesday afternoon or something like that. They responded immediately. They had no problem whatsoever. Uh, they didn't even request proof. I just sent them proof. They didn't request any proof of uh, what had happened. They immediately um, sent out two replacements and my travel mug completely free of charge. And it arrived uh, within two days. So again, that was 2pm on the Wednesday. It arrived about 11am on the Friday morning. Um, But the main thing is, it's good coffee. If you like coffee, give it a try. If you're international, um, I think myvitamins.com or myvitamins.co.uk, one of the two, they sell beanies internationally. Um, the beanies website, I believe they only do uh, within the UK. Um, they don't do proper international shipping as of yet, but I'll um, I'll be speaking to them anyway um, and uh, letting them know, of course, that I've, that I've uh, given them a wee shout out. So... Uh, so yeah, go and try some of that out, it's really, really good stuff. Um, so aside from that, folks, um, one other thing that I would love for you to do for me this week, um, to those of you that have recommended future episodes, I thank you very, very much. My my head's all over the place, I'm trying to, you know, I was trying to write about, you know, the Gaelic language and stuff, and I just couldn't get my head into it, I just couldn't do that, so... These episodes are going to start getting me back on it, back on a roll. So if you have any requests for any podcast, send them through on any episode, any subject whatsoever, and I'll add it to the list. Anything that you want to hear about whatsoever, I'll add it to the list. Even if it's on the list already, I will add it again. I'll make sure that I cover that as uh, soon as possible. So you can do that again via the Facebook page. So on Facebook, just search Scottish History Podcast or it's facebook.com forward slash Scott History Pod. Everything you can find at Scott History Pod. So Scott History Pod on Facebook, Scott History Pod on Twitter, Scott History Pod on Instagram and Scott History Pod at gmail.com. Simple as that, folks. I've also got a Patreon page. So if uh, you like the content and you want to um, support the podcast, I'm going to be moving, and uh, this episode might even be the first episode to move across, but I'm going to be moving on to a new podcast host uh, called Acast, and uh, basically they take an upfront payment for the whole year rather than just paid monthly, which is what I currently do. Um, So I'm going to be moving over to Acast, and that basically gives me more insight as to who's listening, where they're listening from, because uh, obviously when I'm interacting with a lot of you guys, unless you tell me where it is that you're from, I don't know where you're from, Um, and I don't want to be one of those Facebook creeps creeping around on your profile to find out who you are, so, uh, sorry, not who you are, but where you're from, Um, so that'll kind of allow me to do that, and uh, again, it uploads automatically to everywhere that I need to upload it, so to those of you that currently support me on Patreon, thank you so much. To those of you thinking about it, head over to Patreon or Patreon.com. So that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Scott History Pod. Head over there. I've only got two tiers and I will never ever make another tier. I've got 
one pound per month on and i think now patreon automatically converts into your own um currency so if you're in france you know uh, spain whatever it converts immediately to euro if you're in australia it will um uh, straight over to aussie dollars same in america and canada etc so um but basically it's one pound per month or three pounds per month i will never put it any more than that um, if you want to make a, a donation any more than that, you can send me a message. I'll happily receive a donation. You don't have to, however. This whole thing I'm putting out for free. I'm going to try and keep it ad-free for as long as possible. Um, if I move over to Acast, they might want to put adverts uh, on the episode, but I'll put them either before or after. I don't want them coming up in the middle of the episode um, because this isn't necessarily to make money. The reason why uh, the Patreon is there is just to help with these hosting fees. Um, it costs money to put out this podcast. I do understand that I haven't had a podcast out for almost a month. And this will be the first one in almost a month. So again, I do apologize for that. Uh, but going forward, you're going to see a lot more and hear a lot more from me. Well, that's actually another thing. You're going to see a little bit of me as well because I'm going to be out and about um, as uh, as lockdowns properly starting to ease now. I can get out and about uh, during the day, go to some uh, some spots and tell you some stories out on the road. Uh, that's the plan. So yeah, um, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple or wherever it is that you're listening listening to this podcast please use some form of medium to rate and review the podcast so um if it comes up asking what do you think of the podcast three stars five stars zero stars whatever please rate and review write a little comment underneath it just to say that you're enjoying the podcast or things that could be done better i like constructive feedback I love it when people only send me nice comments. Of course, that's the best thing ever. But I want to hear what, if people have listened to this episode, what didn't you like about it? Tell me these sorts of things and I can start to work it out. If one of those things, however, is my accent, immediately stop typing. (laughs) That is not something that I want to hear about. My accent doesn't change because I am Scottish. That is uh, the end of the day. Uh, as I start to get comfortable doing podcasts, my telephone voice starts to disappear and my real voice starts to come out. So anyway, please rate and review the podcast. That is a massive, massive thing. And click share Facebook. Click retweet on um, Twitter. Click whatever it is on Instagram. I don't know. Um, but take a second. You don't even need to write a little comment. Just click share share it with your friends you know you might have 500 friends you might have five friends but those five friends those 500 friends they're not all online at the same time so if you're clicking share at different times different days uh, then more people get to see it the more people that get to see the podcast the more people that we can get on board here so that's what we want you know i want as many people to hear these stories as possible so again we got the facebook the Twitter, the Instagram, just search for Scott History Pod. You'll find me, like the page, um, you know, uh, follow on Instagram, follow on Twitter. I, I don't really do very much on Twitter or Instagram, but uh, follow me there anyway. Uh, of course, we've got the YouTube as well. Um, subscribe on the YouTube. I'm 
completely inept with YouTube. Um, so if anyone's got any ideas for things, uh, tags, I think people have been talking to me about, um, so that we can get more people watching on there as well. Anyway, let's be quiet because that's now, well, recording time is uh, 42 minutes at this moment in time. It will be edited down a little bit more than that but anyway folks thank you very much for listening please again rate and uh, review and share the podcast with your friends via whichever um, platform whichever social media platform it is that you prefer and please guys go and check out Beanie's Coffee you will not regret it so until next time folks take care of yourselves wear a mask in shops and I'll see you later